Welcome to Time to Write. I'm Emily Robertson. And I'm Amy Kelly. We are professional writers and critique partners. We've worked in traditional and independent publishing, podcasting, and social media marketing. Including my novel, Lifestyles of Gods and Monsters, published by a Big Five publisher. My long-running podcast, In the Middle of It. And Accomplished Authors, my business helping authors create an inspiring online presence. We are here to share our creative journeys and encourage you on yours. From the writing process to promoting your work and all of the messy in between, we're here to remind you that your story matters and it's worth sharing with the world. Okay, it's It's time time to to write. write. Hey there, and welcome back to Time to Write. We're so excited that you're with us. I am Amy. And I'm Emily. And today we are going to be talking about everyone getting on the bike and everyone being all of those parts of you internally right? that, um, that have different voices and want different things. And thank you for starting our time and how, um, how we can kind of align all of them to really power our writing. Right. So going in the same direction, going in the same direction. So we kind of thought about today's topic because um, right now, M and I are both um, running. And so I know M, you're training for a half marathon. I think, I think eventually I will try to do that as well. I'm just trying to build up my endurance and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, so I was on a run yesterday uh, and I use a Peloton and Um, Anyway, I was getting towards the end and there was just this part of me like going, you know, slow down or turn down the incline or, you know, kind of I what I the judgmental part of me was saying, like, you can't cheese out, (laughs) you know, you can't cheese out. So in my mind, because of something that I've learned in counseling that I'll talk about in just a second, I thought about all of my different parts that I have the part that's, you know, kind of whining, like, oh, I just want to stop or the part that's judgy or just all the parts. I had my cheerleader part (laughs) encourage everyone to, and I imagined this really long um, tandem bike. I encouraged everyone, all of my parts to get on the bike behind me so that we could finish faster or easier or or whatever in my mind as I'm thinking about. Yeah. So I literally in my mind, like put all my parts on the bike, had them get on and had my cheerleader on the sideline in my mind, like going, go, go, go. And I was I, I really stunned at how that mental exercise made the rest of the run easier. Like, I'm like, oh my gosh, to not have to be internally fighting my voices while I'm doing that, to have everyone aligned behind me and pushing forward is incredible. Like I had so much more energy as I finished out. So I thought, as I often have with running, like what a metaphor for being able to continue with my writing or, you know, keep going forward and, and all the things. So, right. Right. So when they're all going in the same direction, when we're all aligned, you know, it, gives me more motivation. It gives me more energy and it's just more fun, honestly. So, and and I think Em, you talked about this a a little bit because what I feel like is that cheerleader on the side 
I is a coach. Like I have to be my own coach. I have to coach all of my parts to yeah. get on the bike. And you talked about soccer. So why don't you? Right. So uh, when my kids were little, they played soccer. And one of the hilarious things about soccer was there was this thing that called beehiving. All the coaches called it beehiving and was watching all these two and three and four-year-olds. They would all just chase the ball as one group, like just the massive group just chasing the ball. And so what the coaches would talk about was the whole thing you were trying to teach them was no, 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 the goalie, you stay in the goal, like until the ball gets close. Like, I know you can see the ball, but that is not your job. You know, midfielders, you stay in this part of the field. And like, that was a huge part of them learning to play the game is having the kids really learn. You have a job on the field and it is, you know, it is really important. Like you, and that was the other thing is like, if the goalie, it doesn't matter how well everybody plays, but if the goalie is out there chasing the ball, the other team is going to score a goal. Like, so really getting the goalie to understand, like, I know it is hard, but you just have to stay in the goal and then you can do your thing. But, um, and so I was thinking that is kind of partially what our coach does because, and this is one of the things Amy will talk about, which she knows a lot more about the internal family system than I do. But I think this big insight that I've had recently that we've been sharing on the podcast is all of the different pieces of us actually do want us to survive and thrive and do well. So they are actually all members of the team, even if sometimes it doesn't really feel like it. They are. So it's more a matter of you as the coach understanding, like, I mean, I feel like one of the funny things going back to the kids soccer thing is the coach had to look and see like, who do I put in a goal in the goal? You don't put your most impatient kid in the goal. Like you don't, you put them so, you know, you, you know, so that like really looking at it that way is like these parts of us, like they have important things to share and bring online. Right. Well, and I was just thinking with that analogy, I think the soccer ball in that truly for all of us is just our most basic needs for like safety and comfort. And so of course, all of our parts are kind of swarmed around that, but helping the, our, you know, reassuring those parts and, and directing them to the job that they are there to do for us. And some of them might be on the sidelines Right. So, um, I think that is where being super self-aware and intentional, um, and using visuals like this is super helpful. Right. So just can you talk a little bit about the internal family systems? Cause I haven't, like I have been to therapy, but I haven't been in this mode. So this, this part of identifying them is really new to me. And I'm super curious about it. Right. And I, and let me just say, not an expert Definitely, there are all kinds of videos on YouTube that you can look up, just put in internal family systems. But basically, the idea is that you have all these parts inside of you who have specific jobs, and you identify them, right? And so so that you can coach them. And Also, like we were saying earlier, no part is bad. Like they're all there for you, not against you. So they all have a purpose. So um, really being able to identify, like, um, I think for me, just for example, an example, and we'll talk about um, a, a visualization that you can go through an exercise you can go through kind of towards the end. Here's our, um, 
practical side of things, but really um, laying out, like for me, I have a cheerleader and then I also have like a judge, like a really harsh, you know, in robes with a gavel. Like I imagine the whole thing I have, um, I guess the best way to put it would be like a schlumpadink <laughs> kind of part who um, just doesn't take good care of herself, but uses like food for comfort, you know, and she has a short, bad haircut. So, I mean, you're really envisioning all of these parts of you so that when you're in a moment where you have a choice to make, like me, when I was running, like you can choose to orchestrate them, to coach them and tell them where to go, I guess is right. the best, best way. Right. Yeah. So, and, and really also, and I, I would say this is super, super important is, um, having gratitude, like being yeah. appreciative, like saying, thank you for the job you're doing. And here's what I need you to do with that now. Right. So, so you're not like chastising them or trying to get rid of them or berating them or anything like that. You're just accepting. Well, I, oh, I've got an example. I, I was on a walk, a hike walk with a group of kids, uh, within the last year. And one of the children just, she's, she's not a walker. She didn't like it. It was a long, it was like a three mile hike. So for her, it was really long. And she, by the end, she had had it. She was just sitting on the side of the trail crying. She had had it. And I was like, you know, 10 year olds are too big to carry, like can't carry you can't. And so my last half mile, mile, half mile was just like walking with her. We, we sang songs. We did a little bit of skipping, like anything could think to get her. And because all the other adults had been essentially berating her, like you're a big girl, come on, blah, blah, blah. But like, she didn't want to, and it was hard. And it was, she, she, there were bugs and it's outside and like that, but you have to finish the hike. Like you can't bring a car down there. We're not going to get the ranger to come get her. Like she's got to do it, but just realizing that the difference of like, I mean, hopefully that last half mile is actually a good memory for her. It is for me. Like we just, we skipped and we sang and we did all the things because people yelling at her was just making her sit on the trail and cry. Like, right. It wasn't helpful. Like it wasn't bottom helpful. line. It wasn't helpful. It wasn't and so helpful. The, and it was just making something that the whole, I mean, the whole reason you take a kid who doesn't hike on a hike is you want her to see what's great about it. Not because you want her to add another reason why she hates it. So I think that it's the same thing. It's like, it's essentially putting them on the bike. You're bringing them along. You're saying. You're being compassionate with yeah. yourself and with your parts. And I think what you were saying about that little girl really makes me think about like with um, helping authors market their books and helping with social media and what a drudgery and a, a something that, that people are often very resistant to and what you're talking about is what I really want to help people do is to to be skipping and singing and jumping right. at the end, even though it's hard. Right. That hike was still hard. That right. last bit of it was still hard, I'm sure, for that little girl. 
Yeah. And she was able to have fun with it. And then the other piece to this too, I think, is that you made it fun for her, not boring. And I feel like I have that part of me too. That's like, you know, I am so done with this. I'm so bored. Like, you know, especially with running because the run that I was doing was to build endurance. And so it was just, it wasn't with Peloton. A lot of times they're like, okay, now go up and now go down. And so, and, and it keeps my mind engaged. And so really that boredom piece, um, is also really important for me to remember. And I think for you too, we've, we've talked a lot and we'll, I'm sure we'll talk more in future episodes about different strategies that we have to stay productive and keep working right. and keep going, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, so, so just what's think the mindset that we really want people to bring to this. I really think, and I know, I think we talked about this on our self-sabotage episode, but I really feel like all of your parts All of your parts deserve your gratitude and compassion, right? All of them. They're all, um, they're all out for what's best for you in their, in their estimation, like what they think is best for you. I read something interesting recently, which I just had never, maybe I've mentioned in the podcast, but I've literally never thought about this before. The child we were doesn't go away. You don't graduate like the child that our brainstem just like the child we were is still there. And so while it can feel weird to like imagine coaching in the same way, like you, you grow out of being a child, but those child parts of you, like they're, they're structural. They're there. It reminds me, Madeline Lingle talked about one time and I don't remember which book, but she, I think it was one of her non-fictions, but she talks about how I'm three and I'm 17 and I'm 41 and I'm, you know, whatever age I am now. So, so they're all, yes, they're all still there. So that part of you, like, I can remember you guys when, when, when my older boys were babies and we lived in Boston and I, we did not have a car and I had to take them in the stroller, in the snow, to go to the train station they're in the double stroller and it's snowy and i just remember being like i hate it i hate it i hate it i I had a song (laughs) i hate it 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 it." i'm not sure that song was terribly helpful but at the same time i did it i didn't want to i was there for the stupid marketing meeting at eight o'clock in the morning and it also was incredibly motivating to like not live there anymore and, you know, move someplace that was cheaper so that I didn't have to go to the marketing meeting. So, so, but that part of me, like, I just, I have such a far memory of just being like, stupid snow. I didn't hate it in general. I just hated the snow. I just don't really like the snow very yeah. much. But- that reminds me, that little um, story reminds me of the book that you have coming out, which I'm yes, super excited I do. about. I do. I have I don't know the dates yet. So let's, we'll. Okay. Okay. Coming soon. That was a teaser. What is the, so what are people going to do as a practical? So, okay. So this was the exercise that I was referring to earlier. So what you want to do is think of like a really safe place for you. And um, when I did this exercise, it was like my back deck and there was a big table. Um, And then 
you want to invite your parts and just see who comes around the corner and give them a name. Like I had cheerleader, Amy, judge, Amy, schlumpeting, you know, you give them a name and, um, and really just can maybe jot down or think about what's their job. Like, what are they doing for you? What is that part doing specifically for you? And so once you have that all identified, then when, then this would be like the next step piece, just really familiarize yourself with all your parts so that when you hit a decision moment, so that when you hit a challenging moment, you can coach them to be what you need in the moment. Right. Because the thing is that I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. The other side of that was, thank you, Glennon Doyle, through all of that, all of my early parenting, which was hard. I just, I was like, and I can do hard things. Yes. And I can do hard things. So it was, yes. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. So it's not denying that I, I yes. like the stroller. I like the kids. I like the train. I like, I didn't like the snow. I had a coat, I had mittens, I had all the stuff. I just didn't like it. And I can do hard things. So I didn't go home. I didn't call in sick because it was cold. Stood out in the snow with my kids because they liked it. But so that is the interesting part because you're not saying, I'm thinking this through myself. It's not shutting down the part of you who's saying this, I am not having fun. Sometimes it really is just, I can, and we can do hard things. Put one step in front of the other sister, like, Right. And for me, like with the running and the bike example, I think for me, like I literally thought to that part that was like, oh, I don't want to do it. Hey, if you get on the bike and help, this is going to go a lot faster. faster. Like we'll be done a lot faster. And, it, you know, it won't be as hard for us if you're jumping on the bike. Right. Right. Yes. Uh, That's aligning. awesome. All right. Let's do high lows real fast. Okay. Um, I have a fun high. Okay. Okay. So, and I'll try to tell it fast, but. Okay, so I, as people may know who've ever followed me on Instagram or TikTok or any other place know, I would love to know how to dance. I would love to know how to dance. I do not know how to dance. I have tried, I would also love to play tennis. I have been to dance classes and been to tennis lessons and I know people say go. The problem is, is that I am not bilaterally coordinated enough to do those things. I, when I go to a dance class, so I know this from learning music, when you're playing music, if you try to play music, you don't know how to do yet, that you don't have the technical or even muscle memory ability to do, you just develop really bad habits because you're, you, you might be able to make it sound like what it's supposed to sound like, but you're going to be doing it in a way that's going to hurt you. Like I had, a, a, I still years later have tons of arm and shoulder pain because when I learned to bow, I used, without playing the cello, I was using the force of my arm instead of the weight of my arm. And so you can, and thankfully it didn't turn into it like a super hard injury, but you, that can happen with music. And so what's really clear to me is I do not, like I can't uh, pat my hat, my head and rub my stomach at the same time. Okay. Like I can't, I'll, yeah. So there's some basic bilateral coordination that I didn't get. That's good. And so I got on YouTube and I started looking and there are lots of exercises for bilateral coordination. Now oh. they are intended for five-year-olds, but here, because the thing is that I would really, really like to be able to play tennis and to be able to 
it's not just going dancing because they're like I can dance like if there's music playing I can but you're talking about doing like TikTok dances like I'm talking about learning choreography watching someone do a dance and then doing it right um and so I have been working on that this week and it feels really and it's all the mindset stuff we've been talking about there's a piece of you there's so there's a piece of recognition of like because people will say stuff to you all that and this is where you, you bring your this is where the parts thing that Amy's talking about is really helpful because people will say to me, we'll just go to Zumba. I'm like, well, I don't want to go to Zumba because I would really like to learn to do technical dances. And that's not Zumba. Mm-mm. And then people say, we'll go to a dance class. Well, I did go. And I can clearly identify that the reason why I didn't go back isn't that I was embarrassed because I wasn't, I mean, I wasn't very good, but I wasn't really embarrassed. It's not actually something I care very much about. I mean, no, I care a lot about it. I didn't care about looking stupid in the setting of a bunch of other adults who were trying to learn hip hop dance. We all look stupid. It is that I do not have like the, the dance class I need is the one you give toddlers. Like, and realizing that really what I need is bilateral coordination. Cause if I could watch you do something. And I mean, I, I can't do right and left. Like I'm working, I'm working on a video for right and left. Oh, they have those. Man. Cause I get confused all the time. They have them because the thing is about the mindset. And this is the whole thing that Amy and I are just like, I know we just trumpet it all the time, but our, our brains are so much more malleable and have so much more opportunity for growth than we think they do. And so as soon as I open the door and say like, I'm not good at right and left yet. Yet. I yet. let go of the part of me that's like, well, seriously, or the voices from other people too, which is also like really not that helpful. Like, oh, you didn't learn that? No, I didn't. No, I didn't. <laughs> so now I'm rolling on. So anyway, that's my high. And um, I don't really have a low this week. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. For me, my high is that, well, first of all, I am really close to completing um, a workshop that I will be offering and I'm super excited about it. It's going to um, walk people through how to um, create content to post as authors and Yay. what not to post as authors. So I'm super excited about that. And then also my other high is um, my daughter and I went to visit my parents. It's about a six hour drive. And as we were driving into town, there was a big storm, but also there was just a spectacular rainbow and it was a double and it it was just, it was just a, um, spiritual moment, I guess is the best way to put it. It was just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And then my low would be, you know, I was going to say that I haven't really worked on my writing, but my focus has been that workshop, right. but I have like my brain has been working on my story. In fact, like I keep notes in my phone as I think of things. So I, you know, so it, I'm still percolating and it's all still going there. So I do have a low. Okay. Razorbacks lost a game. They totally should have won. And oh, who I, were they I, playing? my family was like, I had a bunch of stuff to do and we were watching the first half and I just got up and left. I was like, guys, I'm out. I'm out. And they're like, you are my favorite other fan. And I was like, I, do yeah. not need to sit here and watch them blow this. I can already tell it's happening. Yeah. I, Remind I'm me who they played this weekend. They they played BYU. Anyway. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 
we won, but I think it was a team where it would have been embarrassing if we had not. And by we, I mean, Texas A&M Aggies. So yeah, I was going to Oh, did you have you. a low? You didn't have a low. Um, you said you might've had a low. So I guess, okay. So the other low is again, it's kind of a mixed bag because, um, my daughter leaves for school. We're taking her, um, we leave in a couple of days. So we'll be back to being empty nesters, which is a low and a high. So anyway, you know how it goes. And that's it. Yeah. Okay. So what are you reading them? Okay. I think I mentioned this last week, but how we change and 10 reasons why we don't by Ross Ellen Hart, Ellen Horn, Ellen Horn. It is dense. It is, I, I bet it's a great audiobook. It also has so much great stuff in it. There's so much gold in this book. And it gets back to that same thing we were talking about, which is he talks about that you have to show up and respect the part of you that doesn't want to change. There's probably a good reason, a good yeah. self-protective reason. And until you figure out what it is, you're going to keep being like bewildered by why it's so hard to do something that feels like it shouldn't be that hard. So it's really right. good. Right. Um, for me, and um, I'm reading this because my son asked me to read it with him, um, but it's Victor Frankel's Man's Search, Search for, for Meaning. Meaning. Yeah, Man's Search for Meaning, which the first half of it is really dark and hard. It's he was he's talking about being in um, a concentration camp during World War II. And um, that was actually because my degree was, uh, I did double majored in French and history. So my big focus was France during World War II. So I know a, a lot and I've been exposed to a lot, but it's just still so, um, I just have to be very careful to preserve my energy and well-being mm -hmm. because I can, I can get sucked in and live yeah. in those hard feelings which yeah. hard feelings aren't a bad thing but right but still stay there yeah can't so live yeah there yeah can't live there all right so that awesome. is our okay, episode guys. for today we are gonna talk be at the dfw writers conference in october oh, yes so be yes. sure to come see us there we also have a patreon check that out and thanks for being with us yeah and thanks see you next time time to write Thanks so much for being with us today. We love our people and we want to get to know you better. So email us at questions at timetowritepodcast.com to have your questions considered for the show. You can also suggest topics by emailing us there. Also drop us a review on Apple Podcasts. Not only will it thrill us. Seriously, we read everyone. It also helps others find the show. We're driven by sharing stories and your review helps us do that. Just remember, your stories matter, and we're rooting for you to find time to write. Even if it's only five minutes. Five minutes. You can do it. You can do it.